Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bard's Backlog, episode number 10. I am your moderator and co-host, Joshua Gallegos. And joining me this week, the casual, the effervescent, Jared Benson. Jared, how's it going? It's going really, really well, my friend. How are you? Doing great. You know, I have um, a pretty big life shift coming up this week that I'm looking forward to. I'm in the midst, in the throes of packing right now. Got a lot of boxes out. Got a lot of things going into the boxes. You know, it's the whole rigmarole. Of course. Um, Getting ready to transition out to Florida. So, um, been fun. Today I'm running around doing a couple things um, in preparation for it. Trying to get my vote in before the ballots close this evening. So, been busy times. And I've been thoroughly enjoying it studying as well as soon as i get out to florida this is going to be fun but as soon as i get out there i'm going to be tested for my cdl my certified driver's license so kind of like preparing for that on top of everything else Mm -hmm. and like packing in itself like requires a certain energy like a certain (laughs) part of myself that i have to like put forth every day or in the evening because my thing is like you know, you want to do it piecemeal. Like you don't want to like do it all in one day necessarily, unless it comes down to that. But like, you know, taking some time, a couple hours here and there, making sure you're kind of ahead of the madness with it is kind of where I'm at right now. So, but even that, like even those couple hours, I don't know, just like it requires a a part of my being that is a little draining on one level. Of course. And then as things get more and more packed into boxes, you feel more and more like, just ready for the transition to happen, you know? So. Yeah. And I am selfishly excited for your next step because you're coming to the part of Florida that I'm in. And, Indeed. And uh, I am super, super psyched about that. Yeah. And then you're ditching, though, like soon after. Yeah. You're just going to dip out, which yep. is fine. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm leaving Florida in your hands. <laughs> yeah. And in regards to the podcast, we're uh, planning on doing our very first in-person recording for the next episode. We'll probably be our only one like that because Jared will be leaving soon after. But that'll be something to look forward to. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah. And you right now, Jared, are actually in the like middle of the Florida nature I am on, at the beach coming to you live about. from the best vacation spot on the Gulf coast, the beach. That's absolutely right. And that is definitely a unique recording place for a podcast about video games. So <laughs> pretty cool. Couldn't help it. So this is of course Bard's backlog, the ever growing catalog of video games inducted into the hall of games. We are the gatekeepers and subsequent executioners of any video game candidate, including today's. Since its inception, we have entered, and I wanted to do a little recap since we're halfway through the year, we've entered only five titles into the Hall of Games, um, not including the six honorary titles that were rolled over from our My Favorite Video Game days here on the podcast, which were ones like Link's Awakening and Wario Master of Disguise. But as far as the official Bard's Backlog episodes go, we have put in Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Fortnite, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, White Witch. I really that's just hard for me to say. There's too many W's. <laughs> um, Super Mario Odyssey, and then our last entry that went in there was Axiom Verge. 
and that was kind of interesting. We're on 10 episodes so far, and I didn't realize how many we had actually rejected, Jared. I think that's um, good. I think it's good to have a high standard. Um, I mean, if you think about it, uh, Nino Cooney snuck in there, I think, going back and listening to that podcast. Perhaps we could have been a little harsher on it, uh, although it was a very enjoyable game. Fortnite kind of snuck in there, too. I remember the sure. discussion uh, we would have had it been like a head-to-head versus a game. I think you and I both prefer, let's say, Apex. Maybe we'll cover that later on in the podcast. I don't know. Right. But we, we certainly had to give the props to Fortnite, and that snuck in there. And then, of course, they proved us right by having, like, the Travis Scott concert later on and things like that that we mentioned. So, uh, so some games have come in on the skin of their teeth, and I think it's good that we have a high standard. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's fun to kind of, like, see where the discussions go. Yes. Um, because you're right, we probably didn't bring the hammer down as much on the no Kuni as we did on something like Okami, which on the surface may seem more like a candidate for the Hall of Games than Nino Kuni. But in any case, you can listen to each of those discussions around each of those entries in their respective episodes, all available now, of course, on every podcast service under Bard's Backlog. Submit questions to us to be a part of the show. I am at Video Game Bard on Twitter, spelled just like it sounds. And then Jared is at Jared T. Ben, A-E, Jared, not E-A, and not E-R-R-O-D, Jared. Um, <laughs> like the jewelry store. Jared like the jewelry store. <laughs> Jared, like the jewelry store. So go ahead and submit us questions there for the default segment and for any game that we're covering or for fresh segment ideas or games. We appreciate your input and support. And of course, you can support the podcast in other ways too. We record and post these typically like only on social media channels right now. I have been looking into potentially posting things on like feedback posts or places like putting it into an advertising uh, company stream that would allow us to be placed onto different podcast platforms and get some more ears onto the show that way. But as of right now, most of it, uh, most of our advertising that occurs and anything that is surrounding the podcast is based on social media. So if you want to support, give those posts a like, which apparently does wonders for the algorithm. Don't you just love algorithms? And (laughs) following us there on those social media places or on your favorite podcast service, those are the ways to help us here as we take the time out of our days to record. And then, of course, you can drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts, another big thing for algorithms, especially for that particular platform. We accept all honest reviews as long as they're five stars. That's my... (laughs) If you're not going to give us five stars, you have better things to do with your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we want to save you time. We we care about you. Don't rate us if you're not going to give us five. (laughs) Yeah, like we're not creating any controversy or anything or like we're not making a big enough of a splash to earn those lower ratings. I feel like you need to like be a bigger name where people are actually, you know, like... trying to hone in on what this product is and everything. So we're not quite there yet. So please, five stars only um, (laughs) to help us there. Last time on the show, we covered Moonlighter, which was (laughs) Jared's heart goes out for the game already because it was our finally tuned indie game. um, And that was uh, unfortunately cast aside as a potential Hall of Games candidate. Uh, Our first big disagreement, Jared. But... You guys can, of course, listen to that episode to hear how that conversation went. I honestly, like, had nothing but good things to say about it. But when it came down to putting it alongside some of the other games that are in there, I just 
I just wasn't quite ready for that jump. So that was Moonlighter, but of course, still a great game and definitely worth the recommendation. This podcast is brought to you by Denver Development Group, but more on that later. For now, Jared, before we get into the video games for this week, I just had a question for you. I've been watching a couple of interesting movie series, and it just made me wonder, what would you say is your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time? Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I'm more of if, if you spend any time talking to me at all, I like to think. I like to think abstractly. I like to uh, take age-old questions that have plagued humanity since its existence and creation, and <laughs> and rethink them over and reinvent the wheel. And that's just me. The the movie A Goodwill Hunting does that through the eyes of Robin Williams, a psychologist uh, who tries to convince Matt Damon on how to live a good life and it's just a fantastic fantastic movie so that hands down is my favorite movie that is a super interesting pick I have never seen Goodwill Hunting is it considered like a top-notch movie or is it pretty niche it's like, considered a, it's considered a classic just because it, it that's the movie that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote together they okay. managed to get Robin Williams to to star in it as well as two great performances by those two guys. I know a lot of people are not fans of Ben Affleck, neither am I, but that's okay. It's a it's a great Hallmark movie and and uh, not Hallmark, but I mean great movie yeah. in that sense. And then the chemistry between Matt Damon and his female co-star whose name escapes me right now is just electric. It is the cutest, it is the best. You will fall in love with every character in this movie and you'll you'll love to think about the questions that they pose. Hmm. Interesting pick. Why yeah, did you no, I, Why did you ask, Josh? I'm curious. Well, like I don't know. I've been in a movie streak recently. Gotcha. Like I I get into places where it's like you know I'm all in on anime or I'm all in on like some other TV show, a little more like mainline TV show probably, mm-hmm. um, or like right now it's into movies and I'm just like really like enjoying trash movies. Right now. <laughs> gotcha. Um, we just watched all of the Resident Evil movies, which I do not recommend. Okay. <laughs> but it was just fun to watch. They were they were terrible. They were I mean, they're video game related, so like I got a little bit out of it in that way, kind of yep. like I knew a little bit of the lore behind the games themselves, yep. but the games are are goofy already yep. and the movie somehow like doesn't even capture the the fun goofiness of the oh, man. like the series. It's really just like mindless action <laughs> terrible dialogue yep so i've been i was watching that series we just jumped into the underworld series which has oh, been man. <laughs> a you're little going, bit better you're going deep into b grade and c grade movies right now <laughs> i am and, and i can't get enough of it but i think like part of what kicked me off on this whole thing was watching a bunch of movies at my in-laws house so we went to go visit them a couple weeks ago uh, at the beginning of the month and they are like super moviegoers fans like they're like all they do is watch movies they've seen pretty much everything from each decade their like backlog is nearly empty because they're constantly like it's every night that's like what they do sometimes they'll watch two movies a night whoa and yeah, so they're they're committed, and they've seen a ton of movies. And we ended up when we were out there, we ended up watching like five or six movies. Oh maybe man, even seven <laughs> um, over the weekend. We were only there wow. for the weekend. Whoa! So we watched like Fifth Element, which I had never seen before, which is a classic. Uh, Ready or Not, The Hunt, which was a really interesting. I would recommend. Do you know what The Hunt is? No. 
I would recommend The Hunt to anyone who's into politics because it, it's like it's basically left wing versus right wing, like ideologies pitted on like basically a, a Hunger Games esque setting. Uh, <laughs> so kind of fun. And then we watched Final Destination and Cabin in the Woods, which was a really good movie thoroughly impressed with cabin in the woods but after watching some of those and kind of like seeing some of the goofier older movies i was just like in the mood and um have decided to jump into it personally for me my favorite movie of all time is captain america the winter soldier Mm, what a classic Um, right there which is a fantastic comic book movie probably the most grounded of the marvel movies i would say a lot of like political espionage going on and lots of ties to captain america lore which was surprising to me because it doesn't seem like it's going to be that kind of movie when you get into it and thoroughly like pays off in the action side of things like some of the action in that movie is still some of the best action in any of the marvel movies and i stand by that so and they're known for their action like that's one of the biggest draws for those comic movies especially so that would be my pick if i could just jump in with a quick suggestion uh korea made a movie back in 2016 i think called train to busan it might be 2018 okay Uh, yeah zombie horror movie just watched that with the siblings last night great really really enjoyed it if you want something simple that's on netflix scary a little bit good acting i mean good 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 stuff i was really surprised train to busan very depressing yes i know like and long it, too <laughs> it is long yeah, yeah but they they keep it very interesting especially yeah. for just like a typical zombie movie yeah like they pull off some really unique setting and yep. um like scenes and things like that so that very yeah, well no, done I, I back that 100 percent. but enough with the movies let's toss aside that medium and instead pick up the medium of video games with the first segment for this week the games we playing. Now, Jared, how has your gaming been recently? What games have you been picking up over the last couple weeks? You know, uh, uh, the feature of this week's episode has taken up the most of my time. But I'd be lying okay. if I didn't say that my siblings being in town have changed my habits a little bit. Uh, one of the games that I picked up, I'll discuss uh, briefly in a second here. You'll see it. That's my one entry for today for this segment. But I have been introducing my sister uh, because I'll be moving and I'll be close to them when I do move. I have introduced my sister to Breath of the Wild and to re-experience those opening sequences, the opening animations with her. Her jaw dropped just like mine did when I first played it. Go back and listen to our Breath of the Wild episode. is a great episode. Uh, we could have talked for hours about that game. But ex- ex- you know, showing my sister that game and, and enjoying that vicariously through her has been one of my favorite things that they've been here the past couple of days. I've really enjoyed that. Uh, and then you know, my one entry of, of this segment is Ninjala, uh, which I can discuss now. Or you could tell us about Last of Us because I'm super excited to hear about that. But whatever you want to do first. Yeah, I can jump into Last of Us. Um, that's been my... like. My muse, these last this last week at least, I think it came out the seventeenth, so or the nineteenth, something like that. So I picked it up. Haven't been able to like 
truly blaze through it the way that I wanted to, but I did finally close out on it the other day, or actually literally yesterday. So I just finished it. So the whole experience is still very fresh for me. Mm-hmm. And I got to like put props where props are due. It is definitely the premier AAA experience of 2020. Like it, when you're thinking of like immersive cinematic video games and where they've come, like from the times of Pong to the times of Super Mario Bros, like Last of Us Part Two shows an industry that has matured and really like lights a candle under the fact that like we have gotten to a point where like storytelling can be told and in ways that just you can't do in any other medium. And I've seen a couple of interesting points being brought up where people will say like this is more than a video game, but I don't I don't think that's a fair thing to say. I think it's just an example of what video games can truly be. And that's something you don't see very often, honestly. Like these sorts of games only come around maybe once or twice a year if even that and it has truly stood above a lot of the other titles coming out this year that being said josh i have a feeling this is a game we should cover with a full episode oh yeah i mean if you're up Mm. for it oh absolutely yeah no absolutely i would love to um that being said though like i definitely would love to talk about it because i have some thoughts especially about the narrative the way the gameplay works is pretty like fluid and mm-hmm. fun and detailed. I'd say that like there's not a whole lot of holdups I have with the gameplay, but the narrative itself takes some interesting routes and goes down and covers like different parts of like uh, the, there's a lot of like covering like the idea of violence and um there's a lot of actually i was surprised uh, leftist ideology that's put front and center and kind of put into the way that the narrative works in uh subtle ways but very clear ways that i don't know like i I definitely i I definitely like have some opinions on this piece of art that has been produced here but it's a timely narrative it deals it's kind of funny like first getting into it i was like oh man like people are talking about like quarantines because the whole game is based around um a virus that broke out and basically like turns people into these crazed kind of zombie-like creatures so it it deals with a virus and it's kind of funny with everything that's happened this year with COVID 19 like just hearing some of similar phrases and like realizing like oh we're kind of going through definitely a milder version of this but something similar and it was bringing me like flashbacks because of that um and a lot of messaging um like i said kind of around violence and the whole tale is a tale of revenge so like i mean we've seen a lot of people taking vengeance in the riots and everything going on and um there's some like remnants of that that have happened in the game so it's a very timely experience like i don't think the developers quite knew that they were going to be hitting on such a like contemporary note on something that was so immediate and like happening as we speak but the narrative goes in ways that i think fit this time really well and have some things to say about it so and and that's the kind of game this is like this is a game that takes positions that is willing to put itself out there and make you as a player experience things that maybe you don't necessarily agree with that maybe 
are going to be off-putting to you, unsettling to you, but that's what this is. It's supposed to capture those feelings and ideas in your brain. And that's like all I have to say about it right now. I don't really want to spoil anything. I would love to, though, Jared, just like take a whole episode <laughs> yeah, of course. and spoil the crap out of this game because <laughs> there is a lot to talk about. But yeah, that's Last of Us Part 2, and I just finished that up, so I'm kind of like right now fishing for a couple other games. In the meantime, as outside of Last of Us, of course, I've been playing our game for this week, but then I was also playing uh, Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which I had tried out about a month ago. Or actually, I think it came out at the beginning of this month, so it wasn't quite a month ago. Shantae and the Seven Sirens is the next installment in the Shantae series. They're very simple, kind of a little, I don't want to say lewd, but definitely like fan service like Metroidvania, brightly colored, like cartoony, simple games. And you go through it. A lot of it's like similar story. Like there's not really a whole lot of like interesting storytelling going on. The gameplay is is simple. You're running left and right, of course, exploring the world and trying to find different little power-ups, most of which center around her ability to shapeshift. She's a half-genie, and so she can shapeshift into a bunch of different animals, which aids in the gameplay, of course. And I'm not super far into it, only an hour or so in, but I am looking forward to finishing it. And that has been a great little snack in addition to my playthrough The Last of Us and, of course, uh, playing Animal Crossing on the side as well. So those have been the games I've been playing. But, Jared, go ahead and tell me about Ninjala. Sure. If you're looking for, you know, if you have a vacuum in your soul, Josh, and you're looking for some Battle Royale action, probably something that you wouldn't have experienced beforehand, may I suggest Ninjala. Ninjala is free. It's on the Switch. Uh, released June 24th. Recent. Fresh. Fresh meat here. Huh. And uh, it is a combo-based vertical gameplay. Like I said, Battle Royale. It's got wall running. It's got giant baseball bats. It's got bubble gum. It's got hammers and yo-yos. Uh, it looks a lot like its cousin Splatoon. Um, I can't. Uh, and it's it was uh, uses the Unreal game engine. And uh, like I said, released recently. I actually just picked this up recently, uh, within the last thirty six hours, and it's already unique. I find myself saying, "What? What is this?" All the time. <laughs> as I'm, I'm serious, I'm just like, "This is so different." Um, well, it sounds like it. Yeah. So may I suggest that you can't beat free of this caliber. I'm serious. It was like hinted at and teased back in 2018, pushed off on the release date originally late 2019 and then pushed off to early 2020. And then, you know, here we are, June 24th, finally released. I just suggest it. You can't beat free of this level. It's very smooth. It's enjoyable. And um, you're going to enjoy comboing and learning how to parry getting a one-up on another player who you're playing against live zero lag very impressed i mean i'm obviously that has to do with wi-fi but i mean just from the games that i've played zero lag i haven't delved too much into the story so i can't really vouch for that from what i've read the story has been received critically however uh looking forward to playing some more of this game it's just different it's unique uh and again you can't beat free so would suggest ninjala literally downloading it as we speak. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Putting it on my system right now. It is downloading. We'll see how long it takes. It didn't take long. And I will definitely try this out. Yeah. Yep. Jared's right. Totally free right here on the eShop. Ninjala popped up right away. So I will check this one out for sure. I saw you were playing. Okay. Not to be like. No, I love it. Go ahead. Tell me. Nosy. But every time that you pop in on the system, I can definitely tells me what you're 
hopping onto, and I saw right. that you were playing a little bit of Smash Bros. Yeah. How's how's Smash Bros been for you? Of course, I'm terrible. It's <laughs> Smash Brothers. What what is it? I saw someone the other day. They posted a meme. It was like Smash Brothers in the UK is actually uh, titled as Jolly Good Shag, bruv. <laughs> and it was uh, just kind of a fun game that you can play with your friends and siblings. That's why I've been playing it recently with my siblings. They love that stuff. Brandon and I, my uh, younger brother, grew up playing Melee. And, you know, it's funny. I used to think I was good at Melee until I popped into the tournament scene and got my butt whipped by, you know, basically everyone who had ever played in a tournament ever. And, you know, Smash Brothers Ultimate, with its incredibly well-balanced, long list of characters, it just is fantastic uh, all around. So I, I can't really pick a main right now. I'd say the the best character I play with is probably Samus. But again, Josh, I'm just a cash, and it shows through, especially in Smash Brothers. Smash Bros, though, is a game for the casuals, too, you know? like That's true. It's it's a universal game. Like, you can have fun with it, even if you don't know what you're doing. Like, I often have friends come over who have no clue what's going on and lose their character on the screen, and they have a blast the entire time, you know? Yeah. So, and this one's, like, the super pack. I, I just bring it up because the uh, DLC just hit yesterday. And so Karina and I booted up the game and jumped into it to try out Min Min, the new character. Okay. And that was pretty fun. I still have been, like, slowly playing it over the year and putting in time when I can outside of everything else, of course, that we're doing for the podcast. And like I said back when we first talked about Smash Bros, my game, like, has... I had to restart because I threw my switch off of my rooftop so I like had to <laughs> start from scratch with the game so it's interesting it's and I well and I bring it up too because literally even last night we were trying out the new character and I'm still unlocking people yes dude yeah like it is insane how many characters are in that game mm-hmm. like and how balanced it is outside of that like if you were to go it is a if you, if you were to go look at the, uh, sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> oh, you're um, fine. The some of the biggest YouTube stars. Zero is my personal favorite. Used to be a tournament player. Has the all-time record for the most consecutive tournament wins. I think it's 64. Zero is a great dude. A lot of fun to watch. He does a lot of reaction videos. He reminds me of PewDiePie, but for Smash Brothers. And so go watch Zero Smash Brothers. But he his tier list. All of them are loaded thickly in the middle. Uh, and I mean like thick as in, you know how they rank like double S, S, A, B, C, you know, you right, see a tier right. list. Um, right. At the very bottom of the game, you have like two characters. Actually, no, the very worst character in Zero is mine is Little Mac. And then above that is two characters. And then after that, those bars that you, you know, you have the long lists of characters are really long. It's a very well-balanced game. Lots of mid to high tier characters. And, and people are getting better with mid-tier characters, and then because people see how they can be used, they move up. And it seems that right. no one's doing any downward movement. Everyone's doing upward movement, and it's great. I really love that Nintendo has come up with the perfect, in my opinion, so far, the best balance between tournament-level caliber characters and casual gameplay. And it's the, the line in between is getting smaller and smaller with each edition of the game, and it's exciting. I love it. Yeah. Really great game. Definitely worth a pickup. I mean, we'll probably cover that For sure. sooner rather than later as one of our potential entries into the Hall of Games. So, uh, yeah, Smash Bros. for sure a recommendation and a fantastic game, even in this day and age. I mean, it's an old series. It's been around for a while. 
but it is I don't know how they're gonna move on from this one to be honest like especially with the like volume of content that they have delivered with this thing like yep. the next Smash Bros there's no way they can live up to it like I this don't, one is ultimate for a reason I was thinking know? that as well I think that the next time they should release a Smash would be the next console Nintendo releases which probably won't be for a while honestly there's no need to this game is perfect and it's designed it's designed for casual tournament play you choose a map first which used to be an issue in the old game because there would be counter picks for characters based on what map you chose but now you choose the map first then you choose you know you choose rule set then map then character and uh, it didn't used to be that way and they've just really thought it out and it's a it is the ultimate version of this game yeah i honestly would be perfectly happy if they just took this and ported it yep and then just kept adding characters yep to it. like that's, um, same that's all way i need yep I maybe a agree. story mode, like update it with a cool story mode, maybe. But the spirit was, board and the current story, like as you unlock more and more characters and you unlock assist trophies and stuff, that's a really well-balanced version of, you know, story mode. It's uh, You can't get any better than this game. It's just something you can sink hours into. And for something that's just a 2D fighter, wow. I mean, what? Yeah. You, how can you ask for more? Worth every penny. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But that'll be it, I think. Right? For everything that we're covering as yep. far as the games we play in. And before we jump into the esteemed, the bizarre default segment of the show, let's go ahead and take a moment to talk about Denver Development Group. This episode of Bard's Backlog is backed by Denver Development Group, a premier home construction company based in, you guessed it, Denver, Colorado. And this is our very first ad read, Jared, for the week. So pretty, or for the show. So I'm pretty excited to tell you guys about this. But Denver Development Group strives to build impressive housing on three tenants: locally inspired architecture, state-of-the-art convenience, and all at attainable prices. The company, run by Denver natives, puts in the work on the daily to make sure each and every home is built to exceed code, improve the community, and change the homeowner's life. They also offer opportunities for real estate investment that pay investments forward in big ways, utilizing real estate tactics to give you a better outcome than anything the stock market can guarantee. The housing market is only growing out in Colorado, so there's no greater time to make an investment with Denver Development Group than the present. To check out their homes and what's available on the market today, head on over to denverdeveloper.co. You'll love the modern finishes, affordable prices, and investment opportunities that they present. That's denverdeveloper.co for the best Colorado homes. And with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the next segment for the show this week. Jared, it is the default segment. For this segment this week, I kind of wanted to just take a simple um, tally, basically, of everything that's been going on. And Jared, I wanted you to um, just basically give me right now what your personal game of the year is so far in 2020. It would and have for to us, be. Um, sorry, I was just going to say, for us, uh, I don't necessarily want to 
close it off to just games in 2020. So if there's something that really stuck out to you that you had been playing outside of the games that have come out, feel free to nominate those that one as well. You know, I'm a sucker for a good story. I'm a sucker for good action. And to be honest, if we're going a year from today, going back a full year and the games that, you know, uh, I've experienced in that past year, it would have to be Breath of the Wild. When did we cover okay. that? That was like basically a year ago, wasn't it? Um, when we covered it? No, because let like, me think. You would have gotten. You would have gotten. Married. It's all been this year, man. It's we all started been, right. Parts. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it was probably February for Breath of the Wild. Was it that recently? Yeah. <laughs> I have a terrible, terrible memory. Everyone, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it feels like a year ago. It though. does. Like, it feels this like a year long has time. been packed. Yeah. Time has flown by with COVID, honestly. No, I would definitely say Breath of the Wild. Uh, it's just such a gorgeous, beautiful, stunning game. If we're going within 2020, though, I have to say Animal Crossing. Uh, it's okay. just a great, great game. So those are my two. Yeah, cool. Definitely great picks there. I I don't know. I was looking back on the games I've played this year, specifically yep. since the beginning of the year and everything, and there have been some bangers. I haven't really, like put in a ton of time into some of the games that I really wanted to like I mean even Animal Crossing on some level I've only put in I think 50 hours and some people have put in like my wife has put in I think 200 as of right now that's impressive that's that's nothing compared to what her sister has put in um so like some of the games that came out this year, I didn't get around to. I never ended up playing Doom Eternal, which I'm a big fan of the um, Doom 2016 game. So like that would be something I'd probably have on my list. Obviously, I just played Last of Us Part Two. But if I were honest, Last of Us, while an awesome experience, I don't think it takes the cake for me. If I'm looking at like the games that I played that I thoroughly enjoyed this year that were new to me that really hit all the buttons that I needed them to hit. Right now, dude, it's Assassin's Creed Origins. I had a feeling. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I've talked the wazoo out of this game the last month or so that we've been having these podcast episodes. And, like, it just, it was perfect for the timing. And and it hits all the right beats for a history nerd, for someone who likes open world games, who loves just being able to find all the different nooks and crannies and hit all the objective markers and like experience interesting side quests. I'd say that's something that this game delivered on, on a level I was not expecting and something that I think the previous Assassin's Creed games didn't really even have on this level. Anyway, Uh, the side quests were thoroughly enjoyable, very varied and a ton of fun and well worth the price on their own, much less the story itself that had you pitted against Cleopatra, against Julius Caesar, against um, the ancient order that was uh, running Egypt at the time. And of course it deals with the origins of the assassins, this ancient organization and how they came to be. So it has a really cool like hook in that way as well. And then it's just gorgeous. Like it delivers on everything that I expect from this generation of consoles it reminded me again that we were in a modern era, even though this is an older game at this point, I think it came out in 2017. I still were like, it holds up really well. And it just reminded me like, wow, this is video games. Like this is the level that we're at. Last of us kind of like brought that back up again to light, but I'm just, I'm, I'm happy with where we are and um, satisfied with like the plethora of experiences and the depth that they can bring to us in this day and age and assassin's creed origins just captured that for me this year 
honorable mention would probably go to funnily enough uh super metroid which is like on the exact opposite side of that <laughs> it's like this really old 2d game so uh very different from assassin's creed but a classic in and of itself so as far as goatees are concerned i would have to say assassin's creed origins Love it. um which i honestly and this is part of like what we could talk about with last of us i was expecting last of us to be that you know sure like and it probably will win a ton of game of the year awards from the major like sites that have these sort of discussions when they get down to it at the end of the year. But I just, it's, I I just got a lot of thoughts about it. (laughs) Like I really don't like, I would start to spoil things if I started to talk about it. So it didn't quite land the way I wanted it to. And so Assassin's Creed still taking the cake on that one. There you go. So, Assassin's Creed for me, Legend of Zelda for you, yep. two awesome open world games. We must just be suckers for those types of games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are the big the big shining stars, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of, of the which, video game world. Which brings us, Jared, to the next segment, the pick of the week, a game that is neither open world nor a typical video game in any sense of the word, and that is Animal Crossing New Horizons. One of the hottest games of the year, Animal Crossing hit the market at seemingly the most perfect time, yep. right as the world plunged into a harrowing <laughs> pandemic. Yes. So this island escape was the perfect fit for people stuck at home, and it helps that the already addicting Animal Crossing gameplay has been honed to near perfection for the Switch title. So starting us off, Jared... What did you think of Animal Crossing New Horizons? You know, I did think that this game most definitely saved several people from depression and perhaps even suicide. I'm serious. You think Absolutely. about you think about the peace that it brings you just to take this little corner of your, you know, the controllable world that you have at your fingertips and to make it your own. Make it as aesthetic as you like. Make it as chaotic as you like. Uh, And every answer is correct. I really do believe that this was a godsend uh, for quarantine. This is the the joy, the little darling, the little baby of quarantine people everywhere dropped at the same time that the Switch Lite you know, or well, at least a little later on from the Switch Lite and perfect, perfect timing all around. My first impression of this game is simply that it is peace in a console. It is absolutely flawless in so many, so many ways. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so much to say about this game. Like, where do, I don't even where do you want to start? start? Where do you want to start, man? Let's start with like, go ahead and tell me about the gameplay, Josh. Let's just jump right in. I mean, yeah, we can totally just jump into the gameplay part of it. I would say this game is, like I said, not your average video game. There's no boss fights. There's no levels. You're not leveling up the whole time. There is gear, I guess, so in that way there is a little bit of like some video gamey stuff going on. But there's no like death penalty or anything like that. Yep. This is just a world that has been given to you. And it starts off simple. 
the gameplay, you just get used to the idea of running the island, completing smaller tasks here and there. They do a really good job, I'd say, of like ramping you up to being in charge of what you're doing. Yep. Um, they just like Tom Nook comes in, obviously, and sets you up on this island, this little getaway experience, and he wants to put together this package that'll influence other people to come to the island and come visit. So I guess like on a story side of things, it's pretty light in that way, just kind of like you're given this plot of land and then it's it's up to you to do what you want with it like you said and it it does a great job of starting off simple and then introducing all the different um, systems that are in the game and different things that you can do and different ways that you can interact with it in really good ways and i'd say like making the island your own hub of chill is of course the main objective like this is you taking something and making it your own and the whole game like i was talking to my wife it's like the definition of chill yep like i don't know how else to like better explain it and you don't feel rushed at all i think that has a lot to do with it you really do like right you you have the the game encourages and almost forces even i mean you can cheat you can kind of go you can force the game to speed up if you really want to but the game encourages taking things a day at a time enjoying the little things pacing yourself and i think that you know even though they're kind of forcing time on you because if you just play the game the way it's meant to be played you'll play you know in in the time zone that you're at so if you're at 3 a.m you know it'll be dark outside and there'll be you know right your villagers will be asleep. There'll be creepy crawlies. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But because of that, because it forces you to just slow down and enjoy yourself, you're, you're able to consume and digest this at the same rate you would a fine meal. Sometimes I feel like when we play RPGs, we rush through them. We rush to the boss fight. You know, there's like Breath of the Wild, which we talked about earlier. There is contest to see who can beat Ganon the fastest, you know, coming in with record times at completing the entire game in 28 minutes. What? You know what I mean? This game right. doesn't do that. It forces you to sit down, enjoy yourself, uh, enjoy the meal as it were, and take your time. And I love that about this game. Yeah, no, the like the fact that it's tied directly to the internal clock on your Switch. Yep. Totally like grounds this game and cements it into like this is a a little world for you. Take your time with it. Yep. And from there, it just kind of opens up and gives you the options to do whatever you want to do. Yes. Basically, I mean, the plethora of options that it gives you in ways to approach and play it, honestly, I think is pretty admirable. Like you will approach and play the game and have like a different way of looking at it than I will. And that might be totally different from someone else who maybe only plays at the end of the night, you know, when they get off work. And so they only see the town at nighttime, (laughs) you know, maybe have to work around like the stores being closed and little things like that. How you play the game is going to change depending on who you are. And that can, totally be fine i mean you could put in 30 minutes a day you know just have a routine of like 30 minutes do a couple things that's your that's your game or like my wife you could sink in 200 hours in a month or two just obsessing over every detail doing everything you possibly can trying to like outfit the island in just the way you want you could really focus on just catching bugs. You could really focus on just like your, the clothing accessorizing and your house time skip or don't like, there's so many different things that like this game just allows you to do. And 
you can take advantage of that or not. I mean, you can take advantage of the time skip or not. You can take advantage of turnip exchange online stuff or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's up to you. What was what was your thought as far as like? And this was actually a question I got from a listener of the podcast before going into this, Jared. But what was like? Your, what are your thoughts about time skipping? Is it something that breaks the sacredity of the game? Yes. 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 <laughs> and short answer, yes. I'm sorry. I that I firmly believe that. Just looking at the people that time skip, looking at, you know, uh, my girl Lucy, who's in 2048 right now, uh, her internal clock is like that far ahead. And Dang. I think, you know, when I first started this game, it took me six days of real time to get to a certain point where I felt like, okay, now I can slow down. I got some bigger projects to go on. The rate at which you can progress is, is limited at first. You know, the, you can get the museum, but it comes tomorrow. And then once you get a certain amount of things in the museum, then it, uh, it expands, but it takes a whole day of construction. And then once you see what I'm saying, you know, and the game right, paces right. you, the game paces you. And so if you're time skipping, I really do think that you, you kind of turn your meal. I, I keep referring to this game analogously, like it's a meal, but I'm just saying like you're consuming McDonald's as opposed to, you know, some dummy thick burger that you bought at the store and put some thyme and some seasoning, some spices into it. You know what I mean? It's just different. You're consuming You'd say it. The pace, the pace is part of that experience. It's so crucial to the Zen experience. Exactly. You lose out on yeah. it. And I think the whole Zen of the game has to be in the contentment that you have with the timeline. And in my opinion, you know, one of the things that it paces you with, as you as you go along, you'll be finding yourself building bridges, building houses, uh, asking villagers to move to your island, asking people to leave your island. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> you know, th- those things take time, and they do. And I, I think that this game balances, you know, it's not like you have a seven-day project. Things don't happen that way. It's the next day. It's always the next day. You know what I mean? It's not unreasonable. Right. But just that simple ask of the game to, like, hey, slow down a little bit. Hey, just wait one day. Hey, just wait 12 hours. The shop will open again at 7 a.m. You can go in then. Uh, Just little things like that really force you to enjoy the game, to live it as if it is you. And I think the timeline, the pacing of it, forces you into this game as if it was you. Because you're playing at the same time that you would be playing, you know? So for me, if I wake up at 9 a.m., I want to play a little bit of Animal Crossing, I'm going to go in there at 9 a.m. And if I want to wake up and buy turnips, I got to get into the game before 12 p.m. on Sundays. Josh and I had a little scare this, like, the Sunday before last. I was like, Josh, I need to come buy turnips because <laughs> he's an hour behind me, you know? Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think that time skipping is a little wicked and kind of takes away from the, the point of Animal Crossing, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's, like I said, that's fine. Like, if that's what you want to do, go for it. Like, if that's really, like, if... If you're in it for like the level of detail that you can add to it and you just are dying to get everything done today and um, this is the only way to do it, okay, fine. But I think, like you said, you are missing out. Like my, I, I keep referring back to my wife because she has put in way more hours than I have in this game. Um, but she didn't time skip. And because of that, she's seen a little bit more payoff in how her island has come together, I would say. I um, think so too. And she's so much more invested in it too and it always gives her something new to do in the next day like okay i know that this is going to be finished up tomorrow so then i can start working on this next part of the island um little things like that so yeah no i would agree it's definitely it's definitely it takes away from it if you time skip um yes and i don't think it's necessarily worth it personally yeah 
as far as the gameplay goes though like and i don't think we really described this very well so i just wanted to kind of talk about maybe some of the activities you're doing of course the main crux is that you're just like going around the island setting it up how you want you can catch fish which is a big thing you can catch bugs and then you can sell those or give them to blathers at the museum and then you're also doing stuff like you're picking up resources to take to the DIY bench. You're putting together your islands by adding objects, chopping and moving trees. If you know, you're adding a bridge or an incline, that'll take a whole day to do. And of course you're customizing your own house. So there's a lot of there's like activity that you can do. Yep. Every yep. time that you log in. And there's always mm-hmm. like a new bug to see. There's always a new fish to catch. Like uh, those are like the moments that make up this game. And after a while, you kind of get into the rhythm of it. You're digging up fossils, you know, spending time talking to your villagers. That's a big thing is like making sure your villagers that are there are happy. Um, like I said, you can buy and wear clothes. I mean, there's, I'm just trying to think through everything you can do. Cause there's a lot like the, like, and it's the thing is like a lot of it opens up right at the beginning. And so it can be a little bit overwhelming at first, but you really can hone the game down as you get used to it into a specific routine. And there's lots of small activities that collectively, like, all together, they are immensely satisfying on a very simple level just to pull off. Uh, Jared, what would you say was, like, your regular login routine going through the game? You know, typically in the evenings. Uh, so I'd log in around 5 p.m.-ish, you know. So typically that's been that's been when I've, uh, I've logged in. But I'd like to just create a juxtaposition i'd like to tell the audience a little bit where i'm coming from the original animal crossing was released in japan april 14th 2001 original game 20 years ago just about that is old. and and when this game popped up i mean it was like the old gamecube graphics i mean you're talking like you know characters that like to round off an edge you know a little basketball that was on the a ground had edges that you could see you know talking about old graphics and and you could run little errands for villagers and you could you could you had a, a police station where you could ask the uh, character named Copper, where the events were going on, uh, you definitely needed a game guide because of the internal rules of the game are not apparent. They're not obvious. Right. But it was quaint. It was cute. You had a limited number of villagers. But then you also had villagers would just leave. They would not ask you, hey, what do you think? you think I should move? Like this game, you had a lot less control. Things were a lot more random. Um, if you time skipped, there seemed to be a massive penalty. Whereas in this game, if you time skip... Um, no one really seems to care, honestly. Like, sure. you just kind of pick up where you left off. It's up 40 years older, and it's surprising how, you know, a dog with a lifespan of seven years is still there. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, but but things like that. And, you know, um, you were forced to – you didn't know how things worked, especially as a kid, because most of us were kids back in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a totally different game. Now you look at this game, and it's all – and you would actually get bored. I'll say that, too. You would get bored playing that game. There was only so much you could log in and do because – you were unaware of some of the mechanics of how things were working so you could go fish all day if you wanted to but eventually you'd get bored and two like the amount of common fish that you would catch was like 75 percent so i'll say it like 7.5 to 1 so for every i don't know if that's the right way to say that but it, it was like a lot of common fish in this game to be honest with you it's about half and half the exciting Great. fish the exciting bugs to catch the more rare ob- objects and things that you need to and want to collect pop up about half the time uh which is keeps the game far more interesting than it was originally Absolutely. so i just want to explain that perspective to our audience that's where i'm coming from 
But this game does so much better at giving you so many small but enjoyable tasks that you're not bored ever. To be honest with you, you know, you could play for 15 minutes, accomplish that one small task you wanted to log out and be done with it. Or you could spend hours and hours and hours and both are just as enjoyable lengths of time because you, it, this game just nails down what productivity feels like. And I think a lot of us, especially in 2020, uh, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier about saving people from depression has taken the aspect of control out of people's lives. And now in two ways, they've improved upon that. Just like we've needed to regain control of our lives in 2020, we have also needed a better version of Animal Crossing. And as it's evolved over the years, just coming from the only Animal Crossing I've played previously, the 2001 version, to this game, far greater. And the the things you can do like crafting, uh, catching bugs, catching fish, uh, accomplishing little tasks, landscaping your island, creating rivers and streams once you get to a certain point, uh, which again, pacing the game forces you to wait and work work hard to unlock those things, shopping, creating, designing, visiting your other friends, just going on a random trip to a random resource island, all these different things that just take up tiny bits of time but are so worthwhile and you're never bored. That's This is the ideal lifestyle, never bored, always with something to do, but not even in a unproductive, leisurely way, in a way that seems fulfilling. And I know I'm hyped, like that doesn't make sense. Jared, how could you put so much emphasis on a video game to provide that for you? But I think what the creators of this game have done so well have balanced the fulfilling life, what it would ideally look like. Accomplishing, you know, a productive lifestyle and accomplishing things in your village on your island only takes a day at most. And the things that you can get done in a day are unlimited. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, like you bringing all that up just reminds me like about the fact that like you're going through this and it's a game of moments. Like everything that you're pulling off, like you said, isn't boring. It, It feels fulfilling. And that's because those moments are just put to a perfection that really does make this island escape like truly feel like the perfect life like you said um yes. i mean catching the rare fish like like when i first caught my first shark like that was like i was elated like Same, very dude. like excited in a way that yep. i wasn't excited about anything in real life <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know like little things like i i mean any time that my wife finally renovates a part of her island and like finishes it off to perfection Yep. She's like excited to show other yes. people. She's yep. ready to yep. like display proudly what she's done, and that's because this is just a game of moments, and, and, and they just like lead to these like ah, like perfect like senses of feeling and accomplishment, and really just they celebrate the idea of these moments in really awesome small ways, and that that reminds me of a meme that I saw <laughs> about the game uh, where. Uh, it was like basically like talking about like the villagers in the game how they're like talking about like oh I have so much to do and then they go and they sit down underneath the tree and eat a sandwich <laughs> like, yep <laughs> and that's their life like it's like this perfect little like just enjoyment time and, and I would yep. say like I was thoroughly surprised how big of a meme game this became and I think that's partially because you know it, it just hit at the right time and so many people yeah. were playing it but, for sure I don't know. It's just occasionally a game comes out and it captures the mindscape of the meme world in a strong way. And Animal Crossing did that. It's just one of those titles. I mean, I think Skyrim for a previous game that like just was yes. like a game of memes, you know? Yep. <clears throat> so like that's the other thing. Like the community surrounding this game has really like 
breathed into it a life that is a beyond what you could ever necessarily expect when it was initially announced and everything it was planning on coming out or even based on previous animal crossing games like personally my experience i've only played the handheld ones and i was one of those guys who would jump into it be obsessed for like a month and then be out like it wasn't ever like anything that gripped me on a level that kept me coming back for long periods of time lots of other people of course worshipped those games and you know designed them down to the nth of what they could possibly do but that's where this game i think stands above the previous games in the series it really allows like not only for those moments to occur but it allows like you to get involved in it and to understand its systems in such a simple way like it's very accessible to people who are newcomers to it or who weren't necessarily like huge fans of previous games like it really like takes a lot of the elements of complication a lot of the systems that were maybe in the background of the past and they give you them and allow you to use those to the fullest and uh, i mean honestly just like the amount of control that the game gives you yes um, is amazing and Mm -hmm. definitely worth being applauded and it's not quite the level of customizability that it is in Minecraft, but for what you can control, it's three times, five times more aesthetic than Minecraft. Oh, and it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely blown away. If I could just speak to the design and the look of the game briefly, the you have to, if you don't have this game, you need to go log in and go visit someone's museum. I'm serious. Uh, uh, short of a city the size of San Diego, you're not going to find a better museum anywhere near you. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, <laughs> the, the amount of aesthetically pleasing textures, colors, sounds, uh, the things that they have put into this game in a design sense are just mind-blowing. They are so good-looking. They're so enjoyable. Uh, and you really do need to go take a tour of someone's museum. Seriously. Yeah, no, design-wise, like, if we're talking outside of gameplay, like, just the way that the game sounds, the way that the buttons click. Yes. I just love the UI in this game. It is absolutely on its own, like, immensely satisfying. It just feels good, like, and in it its does. own it unique does. way, like, so different from any other video game I've ever played. Yeah. And I even noticed it outside of playing it, like, some of the, like, tips and taps as you are, like, responding to people or picking up an item just like the way that it the way that the game sounds the way that the the trees rustle and stuff like watching my wife play it before i got into it was on its own just satisfying like in its own way because of how well designed it was Uh, the music itself in and of like that is like worth a 60 dollars on its own Um, (laughs) yeah and that's not to mention like everything else that goes into the ui i mean the the menus the look and feel of the text the interface and how you like go about it it's the little details like that that really put this game i would say like on a completely other level um the design is through the roof like high quality yes um, it is i would say for sure absolutely and like i said it just feels good to interact with like picking up a a seashell like swinging your net yeah um checking your nook miles like i love how the little like raccoon will just like run every time that you get some more nook miles like just like a little tiny detail like that just like stands out and is just like fundamentally satisfying to interact with a full um, a full use of the buttons on the controller too. I know that sounds weird, but it, you you think about how satisfying it is to hit the trigger button versus you know to slap the joystick or to right. slide your thumb up and hit one of the arrow buttons. Like a, a full range of use for the controller adds to the texture 
way that you play this game, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm quite, you know, explaining no, that correctly. No, I understand what you're saying. But I think I think I am. I, I think the same thing of it, Josh, is that when you when you slide into when you open up the character's smartphone, which is so funny to me that they use a smartphone for this game, and yet the game itself, like not all the fun things and engaging things to do are on your smartphone. Does that make sense? Like right. you think about in real life, you're addicted to your smartphone. I mean, that thing's not going anywhere. It's part of you, man. It might as well be ingrained into your hip. It's right there all the time. Whereas in this game, it's like a bother almost. It's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to run around in the sunshine, you know? Right. And, and I, I know that sounds like kind of a weird point to make, but it really is, uh, you know, the creators of this game thought, what makes me feel happy, productive and content? And just designed a game answering those questions. It really is that simple. Yeah, and and it the design it just shows itself in so many cool ways. I mean, the pitter patter of your feet, like yep, the, the rain way, mechanics, yeah, yeah, the like the the weather mechanics, yep, your villagers in and of themselves, kind of like living their own life on like and see, like little things that they do are fun to see. Like they'll go sit down underneath a tree, or like you'll like see them pass by a microphone and they decide to start singing at the microphone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and like cool things like that are just like fun, like moments. And like I said, yes. it's a game of moments yeah. and like, it's so layered in that way. Like it's hard to kind yes. of like extract all of them and really talk about them in detail because they all just meld together into this one cohesive experience. That's so unique yep. to video games. Like you can't experience this any other way. And it's just bursting like with, neat things to do and see. I've had more people pop into the room and see me playing this game and sit down and watch and say, you know, I've never enjoyed watching someone play a game so much. Right. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not skill-based. It's just a matter of doing it, deciding what, when, and where to do these different things. And it's all it's all artistically motivated. It's all up to you. And I, I think the word, the best word to describe this game, in my opinion, is what my friend Mel said the other day. She said, this game is so wholesome. It makes me feel good. And that's so interesting that a video game has been able to capture that so effectively. Absolutely. And... I mean, we're just talking gameplay. Of course, we talked about design. What would you say, like, I, I just turning the like the script a little bit here, what would you say was your favorite, like, visiting character? You know how you have these people who are coming to the island? Because the game doesn't have a whole lot of story, necessarily. You're kind of crafting your own story. But I think where a lot of the personality comes in is in the unique animals that come and visit your island. Yep. Would you say you had your, a favorite? Um, uh, yeah, the little turnip pig. What's her name? Daisy May? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? This little, little pig. Okay, so in the original game, 2001, you got to remember again, we have uh, the turnip is brought by a literal boar of a woman named Joan. Uh, <laughs> I kid you not, not attractive in video game terms. Uh, just this hairy pig. You could see that they like layered hair, you know, on, on the pig as best as they could in that, that original game. Not an attractive... Uh, you know, granny, but she's there. And she now her granddaughter, Daisy May, this cute as a button little pig with snot hanging out of her nose. It yeah, is, that part's it, a you will, <laughs> you will fall in love and want to buy snotty turnips all day long. My friend, it is, she's most definitely my favorite. How about you? I would say probably, um, Gulliver. 
I like yeah. <laughs> I like doing his little um he he washes up on shore so he doesn't like just travel around. You'll like find him like knocked out on the shore just one day <laughs> randomly like what the heck? And then you have to talk to him a bunch to finally get him to get up and then he's like, "Oh man, I, it happened again." And you're like, "What happened again?" And it's like this thing that apparently happens to him where he just like falls asleep and falls off of his boat and um it leads to like this little side thing that you can do a little side activity that's unique for that day where you go and you hunt down and find um, pieces of like a a relay machine for him in order to contact his boat to come pick him up and he's just really funny like he's very like i don't know like airheaded doesn't realize that what he's doing is so thoroughly stupid and he like relies so much on his crew that he doesn't think it'll be a bother to them and he's like waiting around like for the rest of the day after you help him find everything and contact his people like it's very clear they're reluctant to come pick him back up <laughs> and so he's just a funny <laughs> little like washtasaur seagull and i really like every time that gulliver pops up and he's he's cool because he he kind of comes with a little side activity to do not everyone comes like that there's a lot of unique animals and they all kind of offer different things sometimes they're just traveling merchants sometimes yep. um like gulliver there's like a side task and um, the other person i can think of that's like that is um the ghost spirit dude the ghost uh, spirit dude and and uh uh one of the i think her name is label uh, she comes in and you have to kind of craft an outfit for her. Then she gives you a, a unique piece of clothing. And then uh, that's something you have to do too. Um, yeah. As well as the bug and fish guys. But Right. And then there's the people who come in to sell, like who purchase bugs or who um, the guy who comes and purchases weeds. Um, I think yep. my favorite merchant is Savannah. She's my favorite for sure. Yeah. Um, she's like this foreign camel who sells rugs. And she has just like a really funny way of talking. Um, yeah. I will take the money payment now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, of course, there are some, like, the sketchy fox uh, who sells you counterfeit art. Like, you got to be aware of him. Yeah. Like, he's definitely trying to uh, rip you off in little ways. And then, of course, you got the people who are there with you. Like, outside of these traveling merchants, the characters who come and, like, breathe life into the world in that way, you have the people who are there on the island with you. And I think there's, like, a total of, like, 300-something villagers that are possible options for you to have come to your island. And they range everywhere from, like, I have an old billy goat on my island, and then my wife has an elephant on her island. And so there's, like, all these different cool little, and they all have, like, their funny little personalities. Interacting with them is, like, one of the main things that I do every time that I log in. Like, that's one of the things I'm definitely going to try to do as soon as I jump into the game is make sure I interact with each and every single one of them because I want to be sure that I'm like getting information from them that a lot of times they have items to give you or they want you to do something for them or they just have something funny to say and if you don't talk to them over time they do leave so if you want them to stick around you kind of have to be interacting with them but they they bring their own sense of like personality to the island for sure and sometimes they're kind of nasty like you can get some nasty villager options (laughs) i just immediately thinking of one of the guys on my island right now rizzo he's this really tiny mouse with this cloth like wrapped around his head in this really odd way like i can't even fully explain it. it's like from the top of his head to his chin and he has this really low voice and he says weird things like he talks about like his rash and stuff and 
it kind of grosses me out and I really don't like him very much. <laughs> and he actually, the only reason he's on my island is because he left my wife's island. Dude, your wife gave me her ugliest villager. <laughs> <laughs> did she? Yeah, Dude, she did. she gave me her other ugly one. She gave me a Oh, man. man. That's terrible. I didn't even know that was a possibility. But I know. I like, She's sending us the ugly ones, man. Yeah, I went to her village to just explore, and I was talking yep. to some of her villagers, and she finally got these people to leave. And <laughs> I guess they went to your island, too? Who did One you did, get? yeah. I got the ugly frog. What's her name? Diva, I think? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like... There are definitely some interesting villager options, but like they add a whole other layer of personality to the game. That it's just like quaint is fun, yeah, and um, really like builds out this little island that you have and makes it feel like it's bustling with activity. One of the um, best things uh, about this island is is that quaint feel for sure. Um, but I was also going to say, like speaking of traveling, that's a unique aspect of this game that's a little bit more finely tuned than it was in previous Animal Crossing games. Right. Um, the fact that you can travel to a resource island, you could travel to a friend's island, and while it is sometimes tedious to set up, like not a, not even necessarily the Wi-Fi connection, and just be aware you do need a Nintendo account to use the online services, so just keep that in mind. But you you know to visit a friend's island, you know you got to go online play. And then there's different levels. You could set them as best friends so that when Josh comes to my island, he can steal some of my trees and stuff like that. Like, you know, that that kind of a thing. It's a little bit more, it's tedious, I'd say, but better and finely tuned. And if you want to come over today, my turnip prices are 217 by the way, Josh, the highest I've ever had. But anyway, um, right. <laughs> but, you know, it. that's one of the aspects of the game that I really enjoy. I, how do you feel about the traveling, Josh? Yeah, no, I think the, like the options that are out there. I mean, I kind of brought this up, but like the community that's kind of surrounding yes. this game yeah, is yeah, given yeah. more options than ever to actually like do things with this game. Yeah, and that for sure. It's a lot of the time tied to being able to travel to other people's Island, which of course builds incentive into actually like yes. doing something with your Island and like, yes. really building yeah. it out and customizing it because people yeah. can come and see that stuff. So it's pretty robust. Like as far as the online options are concerned, yeah. especially compared to previous games yeah. in the series. And, of course, it goes outside of just visiting islands. You can use codes for items and patterns, which a lot of people use to really customize their island in lots of very specific and cool ways. And I thoroughly enjoy those aspects of it. Like, I think that really is, like, the cherry on top for this game. Like, I think as a single-player experience, it stands on two feet for sure. Oh, for sure. It's already this fantastic package. So when you add in all these other online options, all these other ways to interact with other people who are playing the game, I personally use the Turnip Exchange pretty much every week, which is this online forum where people go on and they post their um, turnip prices. And the way the turnips work, it's kind of like a little investment thing that the game pulls off. So on Sundays, and it's very like specific to the calendar, so it's like one of those things that's tied to the timing of the whole island itself, but on Sundays you can go and purchase a turnip uh, of turnips from Daisy Maid, Jared's favorite character, and <laughs> then throughout the week you can sell them to the Nook kids uh, who run their own store on the island for however they're asking whatever prices they're asking for that day and it changes every day i think it changes twice a day actually so you have to kind of like check up see what their turnip prices are but a lot of the time they're not going to be asking for very much and sometimes they're even asking for lower than what you bought for so you really have to be paying attention throughout the week but what i do instead is just log on to this turnip exchange forum and people post their islands when they have 
a high a high turnip price um and then they just open up their island and allow people to come by and sell their turnips and it's like this really awesome community of people that i will never meet in real life but who are playing this game and who are just as invested in their own way and i can interact with on a small level get something back from them i'm able to often exchange my turnips for like triple the amount that i paid for them and then make a ton of bells that way and be able to use that of course to renovate your island and purchase more items and everything like that so yeah i'd say like as far as the online stuff goes like the way that they've built out this game is i don't i don't see how they could do it better and they really take advantage of the um the community that's surrounding it and and like i said that kind of reflects itself in the memes that reflects itself um in the online options and it's it's really cool to see people connect through a game when there was so much disconnect happening in the real world because of the pandemic um so couldn't have come at a better time like we said Um, one last thing that i'd like i feel obligated to point out is is the the almost unlimited possibilities for furniture and clothing and housewares and things you can hang on your walls wallpaper flooring different things like that some of which you can build yourself and customize yourself that's another layer of the game that's unique but i mean even just week one the variety of furniture i got the variety of things that i was able to build was incredible they really do open the door uh, leave leave uh, no stone unturned when it comes to the possibilities that they injected into the game and going back real quickly to what Josh said about user interface, collecting resources has never been more fun. You walk around with a non-sharp axe and smack a bunch of trees to get certain types of wood to fall down, which you use to craft certain items. And picking those items up is like physically enjoyable, like had Josh had mentioned earlier. So just one more thing I just wanted, I felt obligated to mention was the variety of stuff you can have in the game for sure is super, super high. And the, yeah, and it's, it's options galore, and you can customize your island to the nth like degree of whatever yes. it is that you're trying to pull yes. off. I saw someone who was vi- like went viral in the game like within the couple weeks of the game first coming out because they had customized their their house to be like a studio, like a late night show studio, and yeah. it looked like that. And then they ended up like having people come to their island and have like talk shows go on. It was really interesting. Like, <laughs> Um, being able to pull off little things like that is just cool. I would say, like, the last thing I would want to say is that I just wanted to point out how many puns there are. Yeah. <laughs> and how well the puns work. <laughs> oh, no, nah, I wouldn't agree with the second point, but. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on how much you like puns, but some of them yeah. work really well, but they literally, they pun everything in the game. And that just adds to the personality in some really fun, cool ways. But with that said, yeah, that's Animal Crossing New Horizons out this year. I guess with that in mind, Jared, will this be yet another Nintendo title entered into the Hall of Games? What do you think? Josh, I have to, just comparing it to what its cousins are like, what its predecessors are like, you know, you think about Minecraft came out years ago, and the amount of customizability is legendary in that game. Think about where the series has come from the original Animal Crossing to now. This game has no parallel. It's better than Sims. Uh, it's better than Minecraft. It is it is the new aesthetic. It is the 2020 baby, the quarantine love child. It is the bomb diggity. It absolutely has to be in the Hall of Games. Now, 
I don't know, Josh. Even after all the hyping up we just did, you'd break my heart yet again. <laughs> if you were to, de- to dissent, Josh, what do you think? I am not going to break your heart this time, Jared, because I cannot deny what this game is doing, how impressive all the little things like i said like they just all work together like it's not like we pointed out so many different things and each of those things are interesting and fun in their own ways but honestly like i said like just the music on its own would get it into the hall of games for me because it's got some it's got some banger uh tunes there and of course you got kk coming in and um, of course introducing even more but like there's just it this is like a fat game full of amazing moments and just the most chill experience that you could probably have in gaming ever and there's no way that it would not be entered into the hall of games so another title kachunk entered into (laughs) our hall of games and with that uh that is pretty much it for us this week Jared and I have not discussed what we're going to be talking about next time, so we are going to have to uh, just leave that as a surprise, I guess. Typically, I try to get those set up ahead of time, but um, totally slipped my mind this week. So, a uh, final note, uh, be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, feel free to drop us a five-star review, like I said. And, of course, you can check out our past episodes for more backlog, in-depth conversations. As far as the video game bard suite of hosts is concerned, be on the lookout for upcoming written pieces from me, um, breaking down the ins and outs of the video game industry. I'm planning on, within the next month, starting another games industry-focused podcast where we talk about the news. So be looking forward to that. And then um, as far as written work is concerned, I am planning on writing a piece about The Last of Us and it's just some of my thoughts getting that down on paper so hopefully that'll be here within the next couple of weeks of course if you want to check out some of the previous stuff i've worked on i did an editorial that i was pretty proud of on the i am jesus vr game and that's up on videogamebard.com for your reading pleasure so with that said jared do you have any other things you'd like to wrap us up with no just everyone enjoy the second half of the year can't believe 2020 is half over yeah so glad it has been a <laughs> wild year i am yeah. glad to see it in the past uh and definitely excited looking forward to the changes coming up uh thank you for your taking the time to listen this week i hope you agree with our decision to add animal crossing into the hall of games and if you don't tell us why until then this is the video game bar signing off <laughs> <laughs>